Hello, everyone, and welcome out to, I believe, episode 342 of The Good, The Bad, and The Geeky. I'm your host, Nick Nitro, and before we begin with our guest, uh, Rachel Phillips, who wrote Sarajevo 1914 uh, for the Young Writers Mad Lab, just a little quick FYI, if you'd like to see some of our fine sponsors, the people that keep this show going, please check out our show notes over at gbgpodcast.com. Uh, there you can find out more information about Pack Rat Comics, uh, the magically unauthorized misadventures of Rocky and Boinkle and Friends, which is starting back up soon. And uh, the one I will go in a little bit more further detail is is Audible. Choose over 200,000 bestsellers, new releases, all genres, sci-fi, romance, mysteries, classics, and more. Like you can get the new Sherlock Holmes narrated by Stephen Fry and much more. It's just a 30-day free trial. You can get that by going to audibletrial.com forward slash goodbaggeeky. And after 30 days, Audible is just $14.95. And you don't like your book? Don't worry. They'll exchange it for you. And say maybe money is tight after you do it and you just want to stop it for a bit. That's okay. The audiobooks, they're yours to keep. For more information, go to audibletrial.com forward slash goodbaggeeky. And just FYI... Some of that money that uh, that goes towards Audible will get kicked back to us. So technically, you're helping the podcast out. So again, audibletrial.com forward slash goodbaggeeky. Uh, and last but not least, we are part of the It's All But Done Presents Network. And uh, every now and then, there aren't enough hours in the day for readers. IBD Presents has given you a solution. When you're craving a story, dig deep into stark story snacks. Almost had it right. Some tales are as short as one paragraph and will satisfy your appetite for fiction. Meow. Read it all at once or once per week at www.iebdpresents.com. Now, uh, this episode of GBG is, uh, first off, big shout out to Podcasting Press, who's helped me edit this episode down, and um, I hope you guys enjoy it. Um, I will throw out there and say that uh, this is my first time I've interviewed uh, young writers, and uh, I, I'm ho- I look forward to hopefully doing it next year if Mad Lab will allow me to, because um, this this was a lot of fun. I, being involved uh, in a few different ways with young writers has been so wonderful for me um, as a creative person. I, I co-directed um, with Stephen Woosley from Mad Lab the Offensive Penalty. And you will talk to the author of that play. Um, but uh, tonight we're going to talk with Rachel. And again, every single one of them is just so much fun to talk to, so insightful to see how their mind works and what they're really passionate about. And uh, I would say Rachel is super passionate about history and uh, movies, especially so bad they're good ones. Um, and matter of fact, I want you guys. I want you guys to be honest. We're going to talk about Sarajevo, nineteen fourteen, her play, which the tagline is, as you'll hear me say, "Fraz Ferdinand hasn't always been a band name." But uh, guys, you're going to get some uh, some history lessons schooled at you, okay? And uh, there may or may not be a, uh, a a bomb in there that makes it worth the explicit tag. So I do apologize in advance. But uh, again. This is so awesome, and this is part of the Young Writers uh, Festival. Um, the dates that uh, are available, uh, they're all on the madlab.net website, and the tickets are $18 uh, for uh, non-members. Students and seniors, $15, and members, $13. Uh, our shows are the 21st and 28th at 8 p.m., and uh, Saturdays, the 22nd, 29th at 8 p.m., and the... Uh, Second matinee is July 23rd at 3 p.m. 
Matter of fact, Rachel is on the second night, uh, the Saturday, so the 22nd and 29th at 8 p.m. and July 23rd at 3 p.m. And uh, again, the play is fantastic. And we're going to talk spoilers on that too. So you know what? How about you download this, stop right now, finish downloading this episode, get your tickets for Mad Lab, and you know what? Once you get done watching the episode, pop this on the way home or you know the very next day and get a history lesson. All right, everybody, enough of me talking. It's now time for Rachel from Sarajevo 1914. On the good, the bad. From Sarajevo 1914. So I'm here with Rachel Phillips mm-hmm. of Sarajevo 1914, and uh, the tagline is Fraz Ferdinand hasn't always been a band name. Yeah. That really doesn't say, I mean, I get what's going on. Right. But what is Sarajevo 1914? Uh, Sarajevo 1914 is a drama about the specifics moment where Archduke Ferdinand of the Austro-Hungarian Empire mm-hmm. was shot by a Serbian rebel which started World War One, basically. Yeah. And it doesn't really have the actual shooting in it. I mean, it kind of does, like, off to the side yeah. at the very end. It's offstage, I It's offstage. It's yeah. offstage. Uh, and it more focuses on four people in a cafe right beside the shooting, in the moments right before it happens. Okay, so... The great thing is, is that I was at the second reading, mm-hmm. and so I had no idea for anything, for any of them. So, like, you know, you hear Hideaway Bay, like, ooh, what is it? And then as like, you keep going, like, okay, so this is where this one's going. Yeah. And Sarah, I was like, Sarajevo 1914, I was like, okay, is this really a Sarajevo? Like, what's the twist? And you're like, there is no twist. This is literally Sarajevo 1914. So, which which is awesome. And, and matter of fact, we, were ta- we talked, by the way, I mean, you saw the girls, uh, Maddie mm-hmm. and yep. Alyssa, before they left, but they're like... Uh, they were like, I really like that one. Tell her I said hi. So I was oh. like, so officially, even though you saw them, they're like, hi. But I really like that one because, matter of fact, I think it was Maddie who was saying, because she has helped out young writers or mm-hmm. been seeing them, they haven't had a speculative fiction slash nonfiction in a few years. Yeah. Or, am I saying that right? I'm probably not saying that right. Take a drink. Sorry. No, no, not you. Okay. <laughs> I I like, okay. So for, the, yeah, for those who are listening to this for the first time, I have an episode called The GBG Drinking Game where if I say something wrong, I don't pronounce something right. If I talk about Ninja Turtles, this doesn't count, so don't drink there. Um, <laughs> or if I go, if I feel I mess something up and I go three, two, one, I'm not going to edit it out probably. Um, or if I do have a massive edit, then you just drink the whole drink uh, because <laughs> okay. it's become it's becoming a, it. it's becoming a running gag. It's like Jesus, he can't say words right. It's a real problem here. But yeah, so uh, but Maddie was saying like she hadn't seen that in a while, which is it's nice because it's just rare anyway. Mm-hmm. And I love fiction that takes place during historical. Oh yeah, moments yeah, too. Yeah. And okay, so I have to ask: Have you listened to Hardcore History? I have not. It's on my list of things oh, to do. I'm, I'm, well, it, it, it is a time commitment. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I won't lie. I'm, I'm behind on Welcome to Night Vale, and I'm trying to catch oh, up on that yeah. first before I get anything done. Well, World War One, especially, yeah. uh, the, if anything, the first episode uh, is amazing just because it talks about Fraz Fernand. France, yeah. A, and the, the assassination attempt. And 
the way he puts it is it's such the it's such a great way which he goes we can't understand that that, that <laughs> yeah. we talk about like very mm-hmm. vaguely or just as a very matter of fact but we truly don't understand the magnitude of what happened because literally he said the only thing i can uh, give you an example of is right. the jfk assassination right and, and you're going like well what and it's like because originally jfk was i think supposed to be hit from another angle it's and some, oswald something, something like that something. where oswald happened to then go oh i can go here too and just walked in and did it yeah so and it's the same kind of vibe he says up he goes just imagine you're part of a group you have an assassination attempt it goes horrible oh, oh the, the story behind the assassination is incredible <laughs> right. and so then you just randomly go into, into a, a cafe a cafe and you're sitting there and what would happen it, it's fate it, like, right right and, and he granted he takes him about two hours to get in there but he also says up to that who is the diplomat i think it was for germany it sounds like a donut the guy, oh, name of the guy I can't, uh, otto von bismarck yes bismarck yes bismarck. thank you see uh <laughs> i was trying to say that to someone else the other day and i was like cannot think of the name yeah, Otto von Bismarck. Now, the way Dean Claren kind of sets up in, in Hardcore mm-hmm. History is that the dude knew he was making himself invaluable. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Otto yeah. von Bismarck knew what, what yeah, he, he was knew. doing. So he's just like, but so pretty much he was saying everyone up for this massive failure, mm-hmm. which is horrible. But, but, I mean, in the grand scheme of things, and, like, matter of fact, uh, before you guys Otto came Otto von Bismarck was a genius, though. Like, he knew, that's what I'm saying. He knew yeah. exactly what to do for him. He knew what to do with for Germany. He was screwing everyone else out over at the time, mm-hmm. but for him uh, and his country. I mean, it's... So, I really am interested in the fall of Russia. Oh, yes. And, yes. and I don't know if it's because I like the name... I like Tsar Nicholas because we share a name. I don't know. Mm-hmm. But I, and also Rasputin is just a weird dude. Oh, right. and he's fascinating. Right. Listen, that, the section of history, like from uh, 1900 to like 1930, is like one of my favorite periods of history. Yeah. Just because it so much changes within that 30 year period. Yeah. You go from the end of the 18th century into basically. I mean, everything's completely different by the time you hit 30. Yep. The Great Depression comes around, mm-hmm. Hitler's in power, World War One has happened and gone, like, it's... And also, the military is close, it's not It's not exactly what it is today, but in terms of how they think, Oh yeah. they are pushed into that, because, and he, and that's a lot of the episodes are kind of dealing with that, mm-hmm. like the, I think it's the Psalm, the Battle of the Psalm, and yep. uh, there's a few other ones where, like, the France just was hemorrhaging men more than any of the oh, other countries. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Fr- mm. Yeah. And they were talking, he talks about how that, within recycled generals, and just, mm-hmm. you're not doing the job, get a new one mm-hmm. in. And there's this one guy, because back then it used to be, it kind of was like the old medieval, kind right. of, it's like, you move your men here, yeah. they'll move them in there, and then at daybreak, we will attack. We'll attack. Right. right. And then, and then of course, the... the trench warfare. The trench warfare. The Who was the general for Germany? Oh. For a long... I, actually, I, up until right before mm, it ended, mm, right? Yeah. Oh, I'm trying to think. What's his name? What's his name? Uh, yeah. But matter of fact, and then he wrote great... He, he wrote, you know, about it in the future. Like, mm. oh, we did this and that. And he's like, no, he's just trying to paint himself better. Right. But... The one thing he did do well, he's like, we should make it a meat grinder. Mm-hmm. And so he completely changed the game. Right. But uh, World War One is an incredible game changer for military uh, yeah. process. Simply, A, because of trench warfare and the idea mm-hmm. of having these people encamped for so long in one place instead of the constant moving as you had in medieval times or even back into the Roman era. Yeah. Um, and then you had the introduction of chemical weapons, which yes. just blew everything off the map. Mm-hmm. Like, the moment mustard gas became a thing, it was over. Like, yeah. It's, it, it's done. Well, the the thing that I really liked, 
that he talks about is how the one French general, I think he was the one that was stayed in, in his command the longest, I think. Mm-hmm. He actually got tired of getting reports back from mm-hmm. the front and going like, well, that, that's not- just take me out in the car to the battle. And so he was getting live representation. And so yeah. then he's like, now report to have him do this. Yeah. And because apparently Germany was kind of already doing that, but not really. Yeah. Germany was like a little bit ahead of everyone else. The problem was Germany didn't have the funds to support yes. the war effort. Whereas uh, the other side of the war, England, France, Russia, America, mm-hmm. basically showing up, had these huge infrastructures. Well, I mean, Russia, Russia less, I was going to say, I was saying Russia. Russia that, less, less so. Uh, yeah. Like Russia <laughs> felt, Tsar Nicholas felt <laughs> but he did. did. Uh, but Russia kind of fell apart. Yeah, no, oh but like, um, like America, which is like this quickly industrializing country, mm-hmm. has this huge support system and they don't actually commit troops until the very end of the war but they were still throwing ammunitions and weapons and everything they could to help the fight against germany and the very fact that they had that sort of backup nation like i don't want to say like backup nation but right they had this whole other country just throwing throwing more supplies at them whereas germany was just kind of like I, I mean, think, the, Germany had its own things, but not as not as strong as like a whole continent, basically. Well, the other thing that was frustrating too is that by the end of it, he paints a, a picture that you had more, you had a lot of pride mm-hmm. cometh before the fall right. vibe going on with not just the Supreme Chancellor. You had it was it, no, was that right, Supreme Chancellor? Yeah, he Supreme was the Can- cousin of, of of King George. King George. They were all related, right back then. <laughs> Well, they're still kind of related with some other stuff going on, but because uh, uh-huh. it wasn't Princess Di, like kind of distantly related to Charles. Yes, oh, Charles. Um, I want to say so. I don't. I don't know that yes, much. But, but I'm saying it still carry kind of carries over yeah. into today. Yeah. But um, I just remember I mean, like but- he was just mad. The way Dean paints it is right at the beginning. It was all about the Chancellor. He was just upset about. King, you know, that, that side yeah, of the family not respecting his seat at the table. Right. And then by the end of it, he goes, no, it's also the generals that refuse to go to him and say, we need to give up now. Right. <laughs> because they're like, we're going to win. Oh, yeah. You know? it, it was, it's really fascinating. If you do get it, but the problem is, like, there's some episodes that are five hours long. Right. So they are a slog. But, but again, I mean, he goes into the battles, like, right. really into the battles, different tactical things. And, it, again, as you were saying, it talks about how the military especially grew from, we shall engage at dawn. To uh, yeah, smack smack, uh, and to technically a red wedding like vibe, right? Which by the end of the end of the war, you, it, it's not even really battles anymore. It's just two sided massacres. It is like it's because yeah, I mean at that point Russia was having their own massacre. Yeah, with, Ru- with Russia. The Russia's time. off falling apart. What, was that like um, seven, sixteen, or seventeen? Uh, sixteen. Sixteen, right? Sixteen was the first major revolution. Seventeen, I want to say the Bolshevik, not the Bolsheviks. The Tsarists fell in late sixteen, early seventeen. My wife and I have moved into where we're at right now, mm-hmm. and uh, to our friend's house. And uh, he was watching the uh, Putin uh, yes. Oliver Stone interviews. Yeah. And Stone phrased a question, and they showed old footage of like the Bolsheviks and yeah. Lenin. And I oh, was I like, love Vladimir Lenin. Not like as a person, but like I was as a figure. Say, he is a horrible human <laughs> being. No, okay. let, let's go back and examine. You know, I'm, I know I'm giving you crap. <laughs> when, I, when I say I love these people, I mean they're fascinating. I don't actually like them. Well, no, no, they are fascinating though, <laughs> yeah. because okay, well, I mean, at least on a physical level, the dude got shot twice. twice. Granted, that like years Lenin later was a led genius. to his yeah. stroke, but like, yeah, the dude. Man, I don't know. Lenin, Lenin, Lenin is Lenin is such an underrepresented figure because as soon as Lenin's gone, 
within a couple years of the revolution, you have Stalin. And, uh, well, you also had a couple other guys, but Stalin, basically. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and Stalin sort of, like, takes up that little area of fame. Well, well, but but here's the thing, though, like, that most people are aware of, like, they just know, oh, Lenin led to the downfall of the czars and yeah. that whole thing. thing. And then Stalin takes over. And then, and, and then it's just like, Stalin shows up, right? <laughs> <miraculously> one <laughs> day. He's him. just walking along and is like, I shall take over country. No, and that's not how it went. <laughs> no. But but that's how most people, sadly, that's how most people view it. <laughs> right. But, like, but also, like, I feel like Lenin's a, well, I was telling, I was like, I feel like he's a cold-hearted bastard. Basically, Lenin, Lenin did not care. No, he did. Like, he is, like, well, that was the thing, too, is, like, I think one of the people, they were like, you we should probably let Tsar Nicholas and the family go. And he's like, no, murder them all. Yeah. Like, do it this way and let, assassinate get rid of them. them. Get rid of them. And then their own family was like, okay, sure. But then they got killed by Lenin anyway. So. <laughs> right. Yeah, because wasn't this, like, his stepbrother or something it like was, that? It, he, like, he, he took them to the house? And yeah, it was, uh, it was his stepbrother, took him out to this house, shot them all. And that's where the great story of, ooh, the diamonds, Anastasia, ooh, yeah. yeah. No. Oh, God, Anastasia is so dead. Sorry to break your hearts, no, no, but Anastasia I, I know, you're, you're is killing me. so dead. But see, when I grew up, like, the movie came out, and so I was oh, like, I oh, movie. have you oh. seen Rasputin on HBO? Uh, I have not, but I want to. It's Alan Rickman as Rasputin, yeah, yeah. Uh, and before he became Magneto and then blew up everywhere, right. uh, Ian McKellen nice. as Tsar Nicholas. Nice. No, it's phenomenal, yeah. but like, and so that's what I'm saying. So I was like, oh, this is awesome. I want to read about it. And they didn't have Wikipedia back then. No. So you had to go back. Back in the day, they open up a book and like read through encyclopedias of Rasputin, and then you're kind of getting the biased view of whoever wrote right. the encyclopedia. And then today, like Joe Blow off the street could just write Rasputin was a dick, <laughs> and then until one of the mods, I mean, they're the, right. But well, there's a great Penny Arcade article, and they were talking about the 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 wonderfulness, but also the horribleness of of Wikipedia. Yeah, which is it goes. I think it shows Gabe and Tycho reading, and it's like you hear they're going to release He Man on DVD. I haven't thought about that show forever. Let me look it up on Wikipedia. Yeah. Huh, that's weird. It says He-Man's a dick. And then it shows this, like, meanwhile, in Skeletor Mountain, it shows Skeletor going, ha, 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 Skeletor He-Man has a dick. It'll be forever till the admins find this. And I'll just go, like, yeah. <laughs> Grand, they're a lot better at it now. Oh, yeah. But. The, the, um, like, at this point, like, there's, there have been studies done that, like, most Wikipedia articles are close to, if not, like, matching the accuracy of, like, the Encyclopedia mm-hmm. uh, Britannica. Which is point. amazing. And, like, okay, admit, admission time. I used to edit Wikipedia, like, on. <laughs> <laughs> And like so, my free time. So what? What stuff was it? Was uh, it history stuff? It was mostly history stuff. I did a couple of uh, literature-based things, uh, just because I used. used now, to be is some of that. that stuff still on the page? I don't know. Well, uh, you should go back. You should I, totally I go need back to. and I check. Need to. Because you were like, I did that. <laughs> now, granted, I haven't cleaned it up, but I, I did, did that. that. I used to have a lot of free time on my hands, and so sometimes I'd go into like Wikipedia articles and I'd find things that were blatantly wrong. <laughs> Or, like, missing some cool information that I knew and could source, and so I just... (laughs) Lenin was a dick, but he is a very admirable person for what he did in history. But he is still a dick. (laughs) I mean... No, no, no. He, yeah. yeah. Well, but I mean, he. It, it's interesting how he took. I just remember my first day. I, I again, I didn't stick with college, but hear what I say, but not what I do. <laughs> but he, uh, my first day of political science. He's like, I'm here to tell you that communism is good, and I'm like, <laughs> boom. And I'm like, wait, what? And he's like, no, 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 no it's horrible, but in theory, it's great. great. But here's the thing: human beings are horrible. To and each other, so it'll never, never work. work. And I was just like, "What?" And I was like, "Oh, you mean it's like a utopia?" Yeah. 
what? <laughs> yeah, and, and then it's just like, but people are shitty to other people, and so at some oh, point yeah. it's going to collapse. Yeah, and of course Lenin didn't properly, <laughs> he's like, let's save everybody by murdering them all. <laughs> That's a be yeah. I mean, that's, a, I mean, that's, that's kind of almost like what he did, <laughs> and then wait, Stalin took that and tur- took that oh, and Jesus. like turned it up to five. Uh, he, you like history stuff? Have you ever he dash he, he uh, Eddie Izzard? Have you ever seen Eddie Izzard's Dress to Kill? Uh, sounds familiar. Uh, he is a comedian that he's he's a trans, Wonderful. so he does all his comedy in his full garb, dress yeah. and makeup. Wonderful. Um, and ten uh, out of ten. Good job. Oh. oh yeah. But matter, matter, but matter of fact, he, but, well, it's hard for people, because this came back in, like, I think, 2004. Ah, so okay. it was still, it was like, I just remember my dad was like, what are you watching? Because I lived with him at the time. And I was like, this is really funny. You should watch it. And he's like, but it's, it's, it's a guy in girls' makeup. Why? And I was like, because that's how he, I don't know. I don't know. Just watch it. It's fine. And then he was like, this is really funny. But, <laughs> yeah. but he really goes into history stuff yeah. sometimes. And one of the things, he, he's like, uh, Napoleon killed this many people. He is bad. Popoy killed so many of his people. This is bad. Yeah. Stalin, he killed like massive <laughs> amount, like millions and millions of people, and everyone's okay with this. <laughs> like, like, right. You're right. And, and I was just like, yeah. And he also has another funny bit too. Uh, depending on your viewpoint, he's like, uh, guns don't kill people. It's just that loud sound they make. <laughs> Which I was like, <laughs> no, that's yeah. But but he really goes into history, and I really like if you get a chance, like he. He really goes into some of that stuff. Matter of fact, we saw him when he was at the palace. Nice, and nice. He has uh, dyslexia really bad too, mm-hmm. so he, it's hard for him to remember things. But yeah, no, he talks about he, he talked about King Charles because he will take his original stand up mm-hmm. and he will test it out by kind of morphing it slowly mm-hmm. until he memorizes it and then until it's its own unique thing. But right. you can hear see traces of the original show or the last few. Yeah, and but he goes on this weird bit about King Charles the uh, first. Oh, uh, do you like Python any? Monty, uh, Python. Monty Python. Oh, I love Monty Python. Have you heard Monty Python sings? Yes. The Oliver Cromwell is one of my favorite songs. Oh, and, uh-huh. just, and I don't know why. I'm just like, but it's such a because like, I'm learning and I and it's like oh. it's kind of making fun of Oliver oh, Cromwell. Cromwell. <laughs> so like and like I just, I let my wife and she's like. First off, I realized this is a poor example. She is not a fan of my Python. Mm. But, but, I know. But, uh, hey, she likes Star Wars and, and half the other crap I like. So Fair I, can't, enough. I can't, you can't, I can't give her too much crap. But no, like, I, I'm just like, no, it's funny because he's kind of, he's kind of a <laughs> dick. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, poor King Charles laid his head. Again, King Charles is kind of an idiot too. Right. Yeah. He's like, I'm going to get the country back because God made me in charge. <laughs> yeah. Cause on his, on his death, on, on the uh, guillotine or whatever, he's just like, God's going to save me because I've been gifted from God. Yeah. Well, the, the stand up that, that Izzard did was he's just like, uh, meanwhile, up in heaven, you guys like, are you done? I, I got a, I got a thing. I got a thing. I got to go down to Jesus. Come here. I can't work the iPad. It updated. Okay. Jesus, dad, you just got to zoom, zoom, zoom. Is this where you want to go to England? What's down in England? Oh, look, the crowd. It looks like the crowds disappeared. I wonder when the execution is. And then he comes in like King Charles Homeland going, we're fine for you. <laughs> no, stuff like that. Right, right, right. So I was just like, yeah, he does stuff like that. It's really funny. And he also talks about, um, I mean, he covers all kinds of stuff from history. Yeah. Which I always like. I just I, I eat that oh. stuff up. So if oh, you can yeah. do some historical comedy, it's always great. What other stuff do you like it, within history? Like, what within are your other history? time periods? Yeah. Um, 
the Punic Wars are a huge part of. Like, okay, remind me the Punic, Punic Wars. Wars yeah, the Punic Wars are when Rome and Carthage went head to head, and basically, ooh, okay, okay, okay. okay. We were like, we were like, oh, Carthage. I was like, yeah, okay. I I kind of <laughs> no. remember that. Okay. Yeah. Oh, I, okay. I love the story mostly because of the Second Punic War and General Hannibal, which I'm so excited to get to talk about him because he's so great. He's the best general that never won a war. Uh, <laughs> well, that's an interesting take. Tell me more. I would uh, like to subscribe to your newsletter. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, basically, uh, for those of you who don't know, uh, back a long, long time ago, I can't remember when, uh, in, in the, uh, BC years. Before Charleston Chew. Before, we got yeah. It. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, Rome was mostly confined to Italy. It had some areas of, uh, Africa mm-hmm. and most of the West, Eastern Mediterranean. And Carthage was an empire based in Spain, which had most of the Southern in Portugal, I'm Portugal, too, yeah. yeah, like the Portugal, Spain, France, a little bit of England, not much, and then like Morocco. Well, okay, so Rome and Carthage hate, hate each other. They hate each Why other. Why do they so hate bad. each other? Uh, mostly yeah. just because uh, is like, it like a pride thing? It was, or is it it was just... a pride thing. Um, okay. There was a little bit of like tension in like uh, Africa over colonies and their own <laughs> settled territories. Yeah. Oh, Africa and colonies, but like they hate each other. Like there was a Roman senator. Uh, I think his name was Plutarch. No, something. But he used to end every speech with the phrase. And I believe Carthage should be destroyed. It didn't matter what the speech was. He could be giving a speech about like making a new aqueduct, and he'd still end it with that phrase. Like, that's Ugh. that's how much they hated each other. So the first Punic War is fought over this little island. It was like owned by Carthage. Uh, Rome, a, a group of Roman soldiers, took it over. Carthage was mad because they just lost an island, and then Rome was like. Sucks to be you. Except then those Roman soldiers like stopped paying homage to Rome and like tried to make their own nation. So Rome was mad now. And so they kind of like end up going to war over this island, basically. And uh. it is the bloodiest conflict that the world has seen to that point. And uh we were talking about World War One earlier and World War Two. Yeah, there are some is... there are some nice parallels here if you if you if you, if you wanna yeah. if you wanna keep up with it. Oh, um, God. It is the bloodiest conflict ever known to man. At that point, it encapsulates most of the known world. Mm-hmm. I mean, sure, the Americas are off doing whatever they're doing. The world does not revolve around the Americas, okay? I mean, it's well, 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 kind of right now it feels like it because horrible things are happening, but uh, depending on your viewpoint, well, of course. But, but, I mean, like, Asia and the Americas and most of Africa is doing whatever. But, yeah. like, the main, like, hub of, like, Western civilization mm-hmm. is thrown into this war. And Rome kicks the shit out of Carthage, basically. Well, they're um, Rome. Yeah. So now, so was the the general? Was he with Carthage? He's not here. Hannibal is not he's part not of. He's not here. Okay. Hannibal's sorry. father is there, though. He okay. is. He, he, Hannibal's father is a Carthaginian general. Okay. And uh, so you've answered the question technically by answering another one. Okay. Uh, he's a Carthaginian general, and he loses, obviously, because. <laughs> Sucks to be Carthage, I guess. In Rome's peace treaty, basically they make Carthage like fork over the last bit of Africa mm-hmm. and like a whole bunch of money, and they're like, you have to cut down your army very, very small and exile all your generals. Okay. So Carthage, f- afraid they're going to get absolutely destroyed, agrees. So Hannibal's father gets exiled into the uh, western part of Spain, mm-hmm. like northwestern part. In this uh, parallel to World War One, World War Two, uh, Carthage is Germany. <laughs> um, <laughs> You don't say. <laughs> you don't say. Um, so uh, Hannibal's father ends up taking a small army of people that left with him, mm-hmm. taking over a bunch of silver mines, and basically making himself a silver baron, and uh, muscles his way back into Carthaginian society just by like having a bigger army than Carthage. So he basically forces his way back into Carthage. But he is so mad at Rome. He hates... Because Rome basically took everything from him. He... 
hates Rome for what it did. So he literally, literally, I swear to God, makes his two sons, one of which is Hannibal, uh, swear a blood oath to destroy Rome. Mm, that was a mistake. <laughs> I mean, in retrospect, in <laughs> retrospect. It's a mistake. So he ends up putting his sons into the Carthaginian army mm-hmm. uh, and through their own prowess end up rising to the rank of generals. They were gi- it was given to them at a very, very base basic. level, but then they worked their like, ass they, off. They, to they, get to they were they like were. mid-level officers and then but still, boosted I mean, their they, way up. They, did they weren't just like accord. crowned. Yeah, like, like Hannibal's dad was just like, "Here you go, son. <laughs> I, I'm getting tired of doing that over there. Why don't you? Why don't you take care of the dealership for me?" Right? No, <laughs> yeah, because, they, 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 they worked a li- just a dealership <laughs> in this scenario. <laughs> this scenario. <laughs> uh, so eventually, at some point, Hannibal and his brother are like the two sh- most powerful generals in the Carthaginian army, and Hannibal hates Rome. Because of his father. Now, does he hate it because of his father, or just what his father has instilled into him? Mostly. Okay. Are I there mean, other things that have influenced his decision? I mean, there's been a few, like, like, okay. like little tiny things, but nothing as big as the blood oath. I kind of cut my hand, and I, I don't want to kind of go back on that, because then I have this weird <laughs> scar, and I just, I have to explain why it's there. Carthage and Rome get into this argument over a plot of land in Africa, I think. And... <laughs> I, no, think, no. I think it's basically is, is it Morocco? Morocco. Oh Jesus! <laughs> and, um, and Rome, Rome is basically back around. <laughs> Rome, they, they're arguing about where the border is, and mm-hmm. Rome, because Rome is like, we should have more land, and Carthage is like, no, this is the one area of land you left us, let us have. It, it should be ours. Yeah, it's, it's like an argument over like the placement of a river. Like it's, it's it kept blowing up it, and blowing, it blowing up. up and blowing up and blowing up. Yeah, until okay. eventually Rome is like, all right, we'll fight this because Rome is like, we're we're gonna kick their ass again, and General Hannibal is like. This is my chance to fulfill the blood oath my now dead father, because his father had died by that point, uh, had instilled on me. <laughs> so he's like, "All right, let's go." <laughs> Jesus. Um, but 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 what makes him a good general that never won though? Like it's okay, just this is this is okay, this, we're, okay, getting, gotcha. we're getting to the best part of the okay, story. Okay, okay. If you know any geography, you know that Italy is surrounded by uh, water on three sides. Oh yeah, and the uh, mountains at the top, the Alps. Yeah. And basically, by the time like. You have two ways to get to Italy. You can mm-hmm. sail or you can go through the mountains. And dur- because of the time of year, had the idea was that if Hannibal tried to go through the mountains, he would have hit it in winter. And trying to cross the mountains in winter in ancient Roman times, it's bad. not going to work. It's like the Russians or anyone trying, trying to, to go win- into Russia and the Russians just anywhere else. Right. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Well, that, I mean, that's the sad that's, thing. It's like if they get outside the Russian borders, Russia during World War One started to fail. Yeah, but as um, soon as you have the Russian border, you're good. But that's where yeah. Hitler. Or, uh, well, Hitler, I think Hitler also failed in the Russian. Did he? I would say, did he try? Because then he, he tried. He tried super. He tried. Hard. Oh, did, okay. Because I thought I saw somewhere. This is where always there's tons of historians say different things yeah. where I thought he was someone saying like Hitler tried maybe a few times and he realized oh Napoleon failed at this I'm not going to try it anymore oh n- no or no, he, no he kept the, trying and failing Hitler tried so hard to get Russia that's because Hitler's a dick <laughs> yeah <laughs> the anyway. worst dick of them all <laughs> so anyway back to the Punic Wars sorry, sorry yeah yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, Rome is basically like so this guy if he's smart won't go through the mountains so let's just beef up all of our armies around our coasts and like have our navy set up to, so that he can't even get to Italy right okay so hannibal goes all right i see you how about i go through the alps anyway okay so uh hannibal gets his like giant army which 
also includes war elephants. Like, he has war elephants. That's rad. And he leads them through the Appalachian Mountains. He sticks himself at the back of the army so that if anyone tries to desert, they have to run past him. Okay, and then he has to, he kills them. them. Basically. And he forces them through these mountains. And not only does he make the crossing, he makes the crossing with 20,000 men, which mm-hmm. is huge for the time period. Sure. And Rome was not expecting him to do this. Rome was not expecting him to do this so hard that the only soldiers that are up there are like the shitty little soldiers that are like half diseased and like really old. <laughs> it's like, you know, it's like Sam in the, in the Night Watch. He shouldn't be there. He shouldn't. But he's there. But he's and, there. And then he dies. <laughs> and, <laughs> well, Sam doesn't die later in the books, I hope. Oh, God. And Continue. <laughs> so, so Hannibal comes out of these mountains, right? Mm-hmm. 20,000 men, war elephants. Yeah. Facing these bedraggled soldiers that have never seen an elephant before. So that's a monster to them. So yeah, they see this war demon like come out of these like mountain passes and that's over this rad. river. And they're done. They panic. They run. They're gone. Right? <sighs> that's so cool. So Hannibal basically like Hannibal is the first general to ever make it on Italian soil during the Roman rule. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. Roman Golden Age. Sure. Uh and sweeps down Italy, like just rams right through. At one point, he contracts marsh fever, which is this, like, horrible infection that most people died from. And he gets it in his eye, right? And instead of either trying to wait and see what happens, or like like most people would do, dude straight up rips his eye out. Just straight up on his own. (laughs) (laughs) Like, he just tears out his own eye and keeps going. So, my friend the other day was watching, because uh, uh, it was a long night, because yeah. um, I work night shift, and uh, we were slow, and so he was on his iPhone or iPad watching John Wick 2. And, <laughs> uh, uh, have you seen it? No, I have not. Um, so, uh, it's, you think the first one, have you seen the first one? No. I'm not a big fan of these types of movies, usually, because yeah. they're like 80s, like, action blown okay, up. Okay, got it. Which, I mean, they're okay. Right. But it's like a, that's a Netflix movie. <laughs> I kind of wish I saw John Wick in theaters, because it's Keanu Reeves, and he's just like, he's, I don't know, it, the whole vibe is just like, I gave up yeah. being a hitman for my wife, but then she died, <laughs> and, I, and she left me this dog, <laughs> because I can't be alone. And then these fuck uh, shit. <laughs> these assholes kill my dog, and so I'm gonna pull out my guns and just murder them all because it happens to be the son of an old mob boss. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, he's a double tapper. So like, he doesn't go up and just shoot you. He like, like, there's a one point where he backs into somebody like 80 miles per hour with a car, and the guy rolls. The dude's dead. <laughs> dude's but he sits there and he just goes <laughs> right here. Right, right. So so. Point is, during yeah. this is what made me think of this, and because it was horrifying to watch. John Wick 2, he's finally doing a subway, and he just splits the guy's legs open and just grabs his balls and rips them out. I'm going like, oh, God. It's cool, but it's horrifying. Yeah, yeah. it's the same thing with ripping out your, your own, own freaking eye. Like, so, like, he doesn't, oh, so, like, the God. infection doesn't spread and he doesn't die. So, really, what you're saying is the Walking Dead is ripping off history by <laughs> cutting off his own. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So, he cuts out his own eye and he keeps going. Because he's, he's Hannibal. And he has to take down Rome. Hannibal fights in the a battle called the Battle of the Carn, mm-hmm. which is one of the most impressive military victories. Because at this point, Rome has realized, oh shit, there is an army on Italian soil. And they are doing pretty good. Yeah. So they muster up, like, I think it's like a third. A third of the Roman army. One third is off trying to get into Spain. And the other third is, like, scattered around the countryside. So they get together the, this one third of the, the Roman army. And they're like, okay, let's go fight them by this river called the Carn River. 
And Hannibal takes his 20... It's like 15,000 guys at this point, because he's lost a few. Sure. Um, just a few. Just a few. <laughs> 5,000. Three or 4,000. <laughs> he takes 15,000 men up against one-third of the famous Roman legion and wipes them out. That's rad. He pins them up against, like... How much men did he lose, though, in the process? He only from- lost, like, a couple thousand. Like, he still has a nice chunk of his army left so over So that's this. probably about, at this point, after two major battles mm-hmm. like that, probably yeah. about 15,000? 15,000, 14,000, something like that. Rad. Okay. So, okay. like, this strategy, like, he, like, leads this army and, like, gets them strung out across this river. Because mm-hmm. on one side there's cliffs and one side is the river. He gets his army all strung out, and he basically just, from, from, from the distance, pot shots. <laughs> just... With his bad eye, too. With his bad eye. With his bad eye. It's like, I'm I'm left-handed, but my left eye got ripped out. So it's all... It's all good. But but I'm still a badass. He, like, pot shots them for a while, and then when they're down, like, to about half to a third of their strength, he just comes in and just... Wipes them out. Wipes. It's, It's done. Like, major Roman generals are dying. Like, it's... And see, and back then, too, like... Battles at the most took maybe a few days. Not yeah. even that. Like, no. and nowadays wars they're just kind of indefinite. Yeah, um, in some cases, like so. he, that's he, so impressive. He, he he takes out a third of the Roman legion in like a day and a half. And like one of the Roman, oh, what are they called? They're not called chancellors. They're called. Are they? No. Uh, it's like this, like because they have like a rotating like three man like mm-hmm. leadership. Like two of them die in this battle. He takes out two of them. Oh, we're leaving. <laughs> like he is destroying the Roman army. Okay, so then what led to his downfall? What le- what leads to his downfall is he is like a week's ride away from Rome okay. with most of his forces and he can he he's he's planning on taking the city. Uh problem for Hannibal, his brother is not as good of a general as he is. <laughs> and his brother has been horribly losing. Uh his brother was uh tasked with defending Carthage. <laughs> And the home state. The home state. If you lose the home state, you're fighting for nothing. nothing. Right. Yeah. And so uh, he gets this, he's a week's away from Rome, and he gets this letter from Carthage that is basically like, your brother is awful. Please come back and save us. Uh. And he does not have time to send them a letter to explain his pr- position. He can't refuse. Yeah. So he's a week away from Rome. And he has to get on a boat. So then he loses just because he has to go back. Yeah, he has. He sails to Carthage, and by the time he gets there, Carthage is already in ruins. They've already s- destroyed and sacked the city. And at that point, too, now it says that his brother died in the sack. His brother, yeah, his brother's dead. Like, Carthage is gone. So is the army there waiting for him to get there? Yes. He managed. It's probably the full might of the Roman army at this point. Yeah, it's yeah. like the last... I'll say they wiped out yeah. the rest of everything, <laughs> everything else. else. So okay. it's, it's it's the rest of the Roman army. It's him, like twelve thousand guys. He sees Carthage is just a wreck, like from from his boat. Yeah, and he goes, "I'm not even getting. I'm not." And he just like sails away to the other side of Spain, where he lives the rest of his days out in exile. Really? Yeah. So he didn't even die in battle. No, he just. He's just oh, wow. So okay, uh, Hannibal, you uh, <laughs> you made a big deal about his blood oath, and uh, you're kind of shitty about it. Um, I mean, well, here's the but thing. But it's an excellent story. No, no it is. This okay, guy, now, in, in your mind, do you think if he sacked Rome, do you oh, think it yes, would have Oh, yes, it would have mattered, because he had to sail from Rome to Spain. Right. Um, with a large army. Okay, so now this is where the geek in me comes out as, as a fan of other stuff. Mm-hmm. So, 
One of my favorite, uh, have you ever read Timeline? I have not. Hunt? Okay, so don't watch the movie. It's a piece <laughs> of freaking shit. Okay. And, and it's really only because they did the typical Hollywood thing to it, which I can't freaking stand um, sometimes, where uh, the book, though, they, they try to, like, for example, if, if we realistically went back in time, yeah. or a facsimile thereof, we would have no idea what the hell they're saying, even in, in England. Yeah. Because it's a completely like different, different version of, yes. of, of... Yeah. Like, even Shakespeare itself, they said, is actually a very more... American Amer- style. American style of speaking for the time. time. And you're just like, wow, that's yeah. insane. So one of the things they have is they have a translator that mm-hmm. will help you. And that you have courses where you... Charles Bacon, it yeah. sounds more like the Cockney, like Brad Pitt in stock, block <laughs> stock, and, you know, where you just can't understand what the hell he's saying. Right. But the really interesting thing, though, is that what I really find interesting is that they talk about absolutes Mm -hmm. and uh, moments in time that are fixed. Mm -hmm. And I shooting of Archduke Ferdinand. Okay, no, no, but honestly, that's a good example. So uh, Hitler is another good example. And actually, uh, uh, Crichton took a lot of his cues from Hawking Mm -hmm. in the history of time and how he believes because quantum mechanics is time travel, technically. Mm -hmm. And he also just goes. Look, we as a society are like, back to the future. That's how time travel works. And it's not. He's saying that there are multiple iterations of things in time where little things happen. But in through all of these parallel, where there are fixed moments that you cannot change. Yeah. For example, you cannot change Hitler taking power. Because yeah. if you did, say, because remember, that's the joke. Yeah. I'm going to go back in time and kill Hitler. Yeah. So say you do that. Guess what? Someone who's just as bad as Hitler is going to take his place. So all the same stuff's going to happen. It's just a different name. Right. So if you would go back and kill the guy from delivering that letter, that could be a fixed moment in time where Hannibal will still, for whatever reason, go back. To Carthage. Carthage. Yeah. And so, but but I'm saying, as a fan of history, do you feel that could would be the case? That that would be a fixed moment in time? I feel like it it probably would, simply because a lot of... uh, modern culture is built on the fact that like culture of rome yes uh and if hannibal had gone and taken rome out instead of you know roman architecture and all the west ideals we got from them we'd have carthaginian we wouldn't have these roman pillars we'd have like carthage like they had a they had a thing about domes like even like something as simple as that like architecture would be different. <laughs> i know i don't even know it was like Stephen King has a thing about domes. He wrote a book about it, but oh, that I don't. Book is awful. I read the entire no, thing. I heard. I heard. Oh. I, I heard because a lot of everyone was like, "It's a new Stephen King book," and it, no, bad. it wasn't announced, and everyone was like, "Oh, it's pretty not a good book." It's not a so, good book. I read all like one thousand three hundred pages. Don't do it. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, anyway, I, um, thank like, you. Though. <laughs> <laughs> there you go, everybody. Do not read Under the Dome no, by Stephen King. Because like Rome, Roman spoke Latin, and yes. Latin is from is the base language from most romantic languages such as english uh have you ever seen rushmore uh, with wes anderson yes yeah he has that line he's like uh why latin it's a dead language <laughs> yeah and then she's like i like latin and then he goes up and he's like we're going to save latin it's a romantic language <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Um, but like carthage had its own own spoken language yeah. So uh, I can't remember what it's called. That's I um, didn't know that. That's awesome. Yeah, they did. Like, they, I mean, they spoke Latin because obviously they spoke Latin, but their main language was something different. So had like Rome got destroyed and not gotten the chance to like proliferate as much as it did, mm-hmm. we would have a completely different language base. But that's what I'm saying, though, is that in your perspective, because Rome is so prevalent, really? do you feel like that that, that Carthage would have rose up and still? Juan, technically, in long term, or do you feel like it would still be Rome? Because I guess that's what I, I, I find like fascinating about, if, especially with history. 
if if I feel like if if we're going with this like fixed time theory, if Rome was to have fallen, mm-hmm. what probably would happen then instead was they would have like basically assimilated Roman culture into their own, mm-hmm. and Roman culture still would be prevalent. Be prevalent. It would just be we just know it as Carthaginian instead right. of Roman. Gotcha. But it would still. But then scholars would probably, probably at some point go. It's still tied to Rome. Rome. Yes. And so then they'll still call it, it Rome. Yeah. It, yeah. yeah. It's still. So, so, see, it see, would I still find be that a thing. fascinating, just as much as the actual. History. Okay. So, so are you going to go into his? Uh, be want to be a historian? Uh, I'm thinking maybe a minor. A minor. Uh, What's your major then? Uh, writing. I'm English. Yes. English? Writing. Okay. Creative writing focus. Words are good. Words are fantastic. Um, <laughs> words be good, y'all. <laughs> So what made you get into writing? Because, I mean, you are, like like me and the Ninja Turtles, you are super, take a drink, you are super <laughs> fascinated with history. Like, you are, like, that. that is your jam. Oh, yeah. So, like, what what is it about writing? And do you want to write more historical stuff? Um, or do you want to, or is this just like you're dipping your toe into the water because you love history as well? Uh, it's kind of more that. Like, mm-hmm. see, uh, my brain was always like, I want to write, like, Fantasy is what what I was wanting mm-hmm. to do. Like Lord of the Rings fantasy, kind or of Harry Potter, more Harry Potter ish because wizards are cool. Um. So are bow ties. <laughs> by the way, sorry, Doctor Who. I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm aware. <laughs> okay. Like, oh God, Doctor Who. Yes. No, um, uh, but <laughs> I mean, uh, history on its own. Like, I'm not into like all of history. Mm-hmm. Like, I like I like like there are certain specific facets of it, and but I feel like. I feel like I could do a lot with, like, historical fiction. Now, do you kind of also want to do what... Because I think it it took, honestly, the TV show for people to really pay attention to the historical stuff. But George R. R. Martin yeah. would take historical things. Yeah. Technically, it's the Battle of War of the, of the Roses. Yes. And it's technically what he's doing. He's, yeah, I think that'd be... more like, fantasy, fantasy style War of the Roses. Right. I mean, I think like that—that that could be a cool like little mixture that I could play with. Right? Is that um, something that you th- you thought about doing too, or like at some sort point? of? Yeah, like uh, at some point. Okay. Some point. Well, because here's the thing: like Star Wars and Harry Potter mm-hmm. are technically. I mean, in my opinion, I mean they're hero journeys. 100%, yes. Oh, which, yes. That's the yeah. typical mythological, that, uh, mythological yeah. way it's of classic. telling a story. It's, it's classic. A, it's classic. But at the at its base, though, I also kind of feel like it's also based around history mm-hmm. because um, I mean, okay, at least episode one through three of Star Wars. That's to me all about Hitler taking power, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. and you can kind of say the same thing about Voldemort. Um, now. You can also say too that that happened twice because the way Grinwald, the Fantastic yeah. Beats, yeah, and so and so, I become becomes more of a question of what is she trying to say with both? But again, though, I'm coming to see. I've not I've read listened because I, right. I and I have the Stephen Fry version. Not <laughs> not that nothing wrong with Alan. Is it Alan Dale? Whoever he reads because. Stephen Fry is the shit. Right. And so when I found out he did the British reading of the <laughs> audiobooks, I was like, I'm not getting the other version. I, so I acquired them, and I just remember I got, I think, through halfway through the third book yeah. before I just got busy, um, mm-hmm. which I need to rectify that. because. Yes. But they talk a lot about how he rose to power, Voldemort mm-hmm. did. And then when I'm watching, so I've seen all the movies, though, yeah. and when you watch Fantastic Beats and you get into Greenwald, and you're like, that also sounds like, so, which one is she? Tra- is she trying to say with both, or which one is it more? Oh, that, that's what I'm saying. I'm yeah, fascinated because she is definitely trying to make an allegory towards that. I, I feel, feel like uh, Grinwald so. is more Hitler. Voldemort, Voldemort is more Stalin, Mao. Really? Okay. The, okay. The Vietnam guy. What's his name? So, but I'm fascinated by that because I, I feel like that sometimes is also great 
when you tell a story mm-hmm. is that you're using like for example it blew me away that the red wedding is a real thing that yeah, happened yeah. it's the black <laughs> wedding or in the way that the person what's here's the thing too if the person got brutally murdered, how do they? How do we know that's how the? Because they said that that's how they could tell yeah. right before it happened that they brought a boar's head in or something yeah. like that, and it was the boar? It's a back boar of death. Yeah, because you don't do that. It's it's rude. But back then again, because it's all about I shall meet you at the battlefield. There's parlay, and we shall have peace for a night, and then we shall have battle to battle in the morning. I'm like, what? Like, no, I wouldn't do that. But again, but. Back different age, different, different time. time. And so when I'm watching, I was like, oh my God, this is a real thing. Yeah. I will also say, too, if you get a chance to watch it, um, it reminded me of World War One. the mm-hmm. way that I've read and Dean Claren even talks about this last season, Jon Snow leads us army against Bolton. Mm-hmm. And do you watch the show at all? No. Okay, so I'm just talking about Yes. There's this one guy. I know about the Red Wedding, though. Okay, I, I yeah, know yeah. There's this one guy, uh, the one lead character goes up against one of the bad, bad guys. <laughs> I mean, he's horrible. Yeah. He rapes yeah. people, oh, lead characters. fantastic. No, cool. yeah, and he's cruel about it, yeah. too. He's not like, just, uh, I like sex. Oh, oh, he just does it because, because he's a dick. Because, uh, to the nice rapists. Well, well, no, but, well, okay, but I feel like that way it's just more like I have a, uh, I have a, an addiction to something I shouldn't uh, be doing. No, this is, his addiction is he likes to torture people. Okay. So, like, he will randomly go, like, Oh, you're my my dad's wife, and he's died of a heart attack or, or something. Or no, he got I murdered him, <laughs> and he has. And you have a son through him. Here, uh, you know what? I'm gonna give you my dog, and he leads her to the dog, and the dog eats her and the baby alive. Horrible. Yeah, like, he does. He, tore, he plays people because that's a fun thing to, for him to do. And so you really, and that's the other thing too. If you watch Game of Thrones, kind of like back then, mm-hmm. the, the heroes don't always win. They usually right. die horrible deaths, and so. This one guy, you're like, Jon Snow, come on. He leads this army up to him. And the point of all this is, which is I think you'll find interesting, because I started going, oh, God, if this is what it was like in World War I, I'm, I'm starting. I had a panic attack almost watching it, which is there's a pile of bodies. Yeah. Because they're just piling up. Oh, and yeah. And Jon that- has to climb the, the hill of bodies, and then he trips and falls into it. And so then more people, both sides, start dying on top of him. Yeah. And so then you get this, oh, God, he's going to suffocate to death. In the pile of bodies. Yeah, that that's how like World War One, World War Two, very much was. Yes, but- and so when you hear that, you're going, "Oh no!" no. And you're, but when you're watching it too, it's a very visceral, visceral reaction. So if anything, watch it. Just watch like, that one. You can find it. You can go. Oh Jesus, this is horrible. So what other fantasy stuff that do you want to write? Are you going to some wizards? But wizards. is it like in common like? An average day is it going to be a play? Is it going to be just a novel? Is uh, it be... I don't know. I'm I'm playing with. You're it. playing with it. Okay, um, fair enough. Fair enough. I have a very like huge fascination with like a uh, queer history as well. Okay, uh, and like LGBTQ figures. For example, Baron Friedrich von Steuben is my man. Who's uh, he? I've not heard of him. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> All right. American Revolution time. Wow. Okay. Uh, so, um, Baron Friedrich von Steuben. First off, he's a Prussian soldier. He is not a baron. He is okay. the son of merchants. He just starts calling himself a baron, and everyone goes, okay. Because he's pimp. Yeah. I like that. Yes. You're, you're not even wrong. <laughs> uh, so he, this man is a uh, lieutenant colonel in the mm-hmm. Prussian army for a couple years until they find out how gay he is, at which point they go, okay, bye, get out of our army, right? Right. And he flees to France, where he meets uh, Pierre something or other. Uh-huh. Anyway, boyfriends. Uh, <laughs> boyfriends. Uh, he also ends up meeting Ben Franklin. And Ben Franklin is like, it's like 
It's 1776, late 1776. And so the American Revolution has started. And Ben Franklin goes, we need people to help fight our revolution. And Baron von von Steuben goes, I'm a general. Which he wasn't. He was a colonel. (laughs) He goes, I'm a general. And Ben Franklin goes, cool. Go to America, meet George Washington, and help us out, right? Yeah. So he does. He decides, all right, we're going to go to America. He grabs his boyfriend and another boyfriend. He has this, he has two po- boyfriends at this point. Grabs, this, yeah, cool. yeah. <laughs> grabs both of his boyfriends, sails over to America. And when he lands on the shore, he gets off this boat dressed in a giant red cape. Entrances. <laughs> Entrances. Yeah. He gets off this boat and goes, uh, he doesn't speak a lick of English. He hates England so much he refuses to learn the language. He speaks German, French, and a little bit of Spanish. Okay. So he gets off this boat, and in, awesome. f- in French, he's like, I am here to help you fight this, this war. Except he's dressed in red. Like, oh, so he the, looks like... He looks like the British, like a British forces. Yeah. So he gets arrested. <laughs> George Washington finds out, sends a letter that's like, no, he's with us. <laughs> like, oh, oh, already, already okay. knowing. <laughs> already knowing what this man is like. This is in the middle of Valley Forge, right? So oh, he, wow. he rolls up to Valley Forge in this giant sleigh. Uh-huh. With his two French boyfriends, a greyhound, cases of French wine, and in just this, like, huge, like, bejeweled cape, he rolls up to Valley Forge, where they're starving so bad they're eating their own horses. (laughs) (laughs) And he gets out of the sleigh. And um, basically what happens is, uh, because Valley Forge was a mess. Yeah. Valley Forge was a mess. They had, he, Baron von Steuben shows up and basically whips the American army into shape. Mm-hmm. He shows them how to properly camp, which, like, don't put your latrines next to your mess hall, which they were doing. He don't t- shit where you eat. Don't <laughs> shit where you eat. Eat where you shit, but not the other way around. Ooh, come on. Um, he <laughs> he uh, teaches them how to do things like use bayonets and be an army. All while not speaking a word of English, he has a series of translators, one of which is Alexander Hamilton. And his uh, his also boyfriend uh, John Lawrence, and then another translator is a man named Ben Walker. Who uh, that, same, that name sounds a little bit more familiar to me. Uh, Who's he, Walker? Walker, uh, he pro- you probably don't know this one. He ends up basically becoming another one of Steuben's boyfriends. One of his boyfriends uh, dies. Pierre and Ben are just hanging out. <laughs> um, How you doing? I'm good. I got him tonight. Sure. Basically, maybe next time. All three. No, I'm I'm a onesie kind of guy. <laughs> I'm a one. <laughs> um, well, some people might just, you know, it's like, I'm cool with you doing whatever, but I'm just a you and me. Yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, uh, Baron von Steuben helps them fight the rest of the war. Mm-hmm. Uh, and after the, at the end of it, uh, Congress basically goes, cool, thanks for helping us. Here's this mansion we stole from the British. Do you want it? And Steuben goes, okay. So he takes this mansion and he turns it into a haven for uh, young queer people, basically. Okay, okay, okay. So him and I his- thought you were going a different direction with that. And I was like, no, that's actually a cooler direction, really, than making it like a... I thought you were going to say it was a whorehouse for... for no. But no, that's cool, no. that's cool. Uh, he, he runs it with his two boyfriends. Um, at one point, one of the sons of uh, John Adams ends up in that house with another man. Was that the one that went Charles Adams, yes. Desolate, yeah. yeah. Him. Uh, yeah, him. Yeah, <laughs> Charles Adams. So, <What's> <laughs> uh, do you know Hamilton? If you do know it, uh, Hercules Mulligan, who was one of the revolutionary set in the first act, mm-hmm. uh, actually one of his sons ends up as Charles Adams' boyfriend, and they met while working for Alexander Hamilton. 
And then they ran off together, and then John Adams basically bullies his son Charles into coming back, and then Charles drinks himself to death. Um, yeah. Because uh, John was a dick sometimes. Sometimes. Yeah. Well, I, uh, I, you know, I don't agree with him about the whole president, uh, El Supreme president oh, or whatever. Yeah. That was kind of like, ooh, that's a little bad. Yeah. Um, matter of fact, have you seen John Adams, the show? Yes. Like, I saw that, and I went back and listened to the audiobook, yeah. which is, it took me forever, but it was amazing. But yeah. I just remember the guy who played Washington, it was like, like he, it was like, it was a wicked 1700s burn. Right. Where he's just like, uh, oh, and by the way, Mr. Adams, Supreme President, <laughs> and just walks like, out. So like, and, and like, and Adams already knows what he did wrong, and he's still kind of pissed about it. So then he's just like, I do not believe Abigail. Like, <laughs> like yeah. yeah. Um, but, um, uh, Steuben ends up dying, and oh, he, no. he bequeaths his, this mansion to his two boyfriends who live together eventually, and whatever. Um, do they kick everyone out of the no, haven and they, make the house for themselves? No, they, they, they keep this little haven for a while. Um, eventually, after they're gone, though, uh, society sort of catches up to the haven, and it's kind of like, now that Steuben and his boyfriends are there to protect you, yikes. Yeah. Uh, but talk about John Adams. Uh, one of my favorite stories about John <laughs> oh, Adams. Oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. <laughs> my favorite stories about John Adams is during the election of 1800, which is uh, him versus jo- Thomas Jefferson versus yeah. uh, Aaron Burr. Uh, but we're mostly focused on him and Jefferson right now. Okay. Okay. Uh, him and Jefferson were trying to we're going back and forth with this election, and mm-hmm. um, John Adams basically goes. He's he's at this party and he's like, Thomas Jefferson is a francophile, and if you elect him president, we'll turn into France. Yeah. So Thomas Jefferson is like, here's this, and goes, okay. John Adams is a trans dude who had orgies in the White House. <laughs> that's <Which> no. <laughs> that, that, that's his statement, right? He yeah. just puts that out there. John Adams' response is, oh yeah? Well, yesterday, Thomas Jefferson got hit by a carriage and died. See, that, back then, that's how they rolled. <laughs> like, like, but, but the great thing is, though, too, which I, I find is that they were still able to mend their friendship, friendship at the end, yeah. which has the coolest mm. death oh, in yes. history. Where yes. They, yeah, Jefferson it's lives. It's like, no, no, he passed away like an hour or two ago. ago. Yeah. Yikes. All right. So uh, I do apologize. We are out of time. Uh, that's fine. But I do have to say, so, oh, that's June. July. Are you on the first night or second I night? I am second night. I am you Saturdays. are second. So you're Saturday the 15th, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, there we go. Yeah, so you guys are at uh, the 15th and the 22nd mm-hmm. at 8 p.m., and then you are on the second matinee, which is the 23rd, right? Yes. Okay. And uh, and it's, I from the second reading, by the way, I have to ask before we, uh, what was the biggest change from what I saw in the second reading to what you'll see in the, in the, um, in the final, in terms of ooh, writing? I'm trying to think. Was there any major changes? That's good, though. I, uh, I, I edited, like, there are four people two people who own the cafe that they're in and then the two other people right the two people who own the cafe I edited their relationship a little bit and then I added a uh, prop with a phone but basically that's it wow that's like, great who, I, who is your mentor uh, Jeremy Sony. Jeremy said, see, oh, I feel real bad because... Um, oh, oh, the first I, draft that I had compared I to, like, the second reading draft was so different. I need to see, I need to know more people in my life because I, I was telling the, la- the last girls, I think it was Maddie, mm-hmm. she's like, Jason, I was like, I don't know who that is and I feel horrible. Well, that's awesome. Mm-hmm. And uh, was there anything else you want to say or anything else you'd like to plug on here before we, besides Young Writers, 2017? Uh, July 15th, 22nd at 8 p.m. and then the 23rd at 3 p.m. I'm prepared this time. Uh, nope, I think that's it. Um, okay. Thank well, you wait, for letting it, me no. talk about history. No, for, I like, love history and I love all that stuff. So thank you very much for coming on mm-hmm. and talking. And uh, I hope you, yeah, you learn shit. Because <laughs> <laughs> thanks for listening. <laughs> We're having a good time until you 
Do uh, have some coffee with cream or something? Because I'll tell you something. This is a happy place. <laughs>